Good afternoon, Mr. Jones. Are you who are you impersonating somebody? I'm being Sean Connery. <laughs> no, I'm supposed to be Miss Moneypenny. Hello, Mr. Bond. <laughs> I I'd quite like to know why you have to be Miss Moneypenny and why you think that Miss Moneypenny sounds like an old librarian. <laughs> well the thing is, is you usually say well, hello, Miss Moneypenny, or whatever, in your little cute Scottish accent, and I Wait, can't do it. When do I say, <laughs> when do I greet you as Miss Moneypenny? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> you do, just confess. No, I have no just clue admit, what you're talking about. It'll be good for you. Confession is good for the soul. Okay, should we move on? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Talk to me about this week. Highlight of your week was? Um, usually food of some sort, <laughs> but it was actually probably having people that have known me for years and years and years in town. Yes, that was very nice. Who were your people? My people were uh, Mark and Kim DuPont, who have known, I've known them for probably 22 years at this point, and uh, Laura and Daniel Woodley Osman, although I suppose he's not really a Woodley, but she's no, a Woodley Osman and he's just an Osman. How long have you known Laura and Dan for? Um, well, Dan, I've only known since he kind of married. Well, he didn't kind of marry Laura. He yeah. did marry Laura. We were, we we were, were there. there. <laughs> we saw that it was very official. I there photographed no the wedding. Of... <laughs> I have pictures to prove it. Um, so he, I've probably only known for eight years or something like that. But Laura, I've known for like 15 maybe. Well, wow, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. They were amazing. Uh, if you mention making another conference, you'll know what we're talking about Um Laura was leading worship and Mr. Mark was speaking. In his very deep voice. Very deep voice. There it is. Look, there it is. <laughs> you know you know if Mark listens to this, we're dead next time we see him. <laughs> You'll be like, What are you talking about? There it is. <laughs> Actually he's a prophet, so you probably already knows what happened. Oh dear. We're you in should pretend for our whole family. <laughs> I got sick this week. That wasn't fun. You did. You lied in bed and moaned. That's what you do when you're sick. That's what you do when you're sick. I, I don't moan. Over 40 years, I've perfected my I'm sick moan. Laura, Laura. But things got better because we went to see Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, but you didn't say how long you lied in bed sick for. 40 hours. 40 hours. Took me a long time and to And who recuperate. had the children? I did. Oh. All right, let's move on. <laughs> no, you didn't. We had a babysitter and you went to Frothy Monkey. I only went to Frothy Monkey for four hours because I had work to do. You're a real Florence Nightingale. You just <laughs> were amazing. You and Mother Teresa, you're just twin together. Hey, I kept offering you food and you go, I don't want any food. That's how I know you're actually really sick. And then later on, when you started feeling better, you wanted to eat like three meals back to back. <laughs> oh, he's starting to feel better. Tomorrow should be fine. <laughs> Making up for lost time. Um, do you want to talk about Cultivate Boldness and Danielle Helson? Danielle Helson is a rock star. She really is. She's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Not only is she is our fabulous school administrator at the School of Supernatural Life, but she also helped from the prophetic team at Grace Center. But most recently she did what? She took a team of uh, four others. So her and her four others, so five of them, went to New York City because she felt like the Lord put New York City on her heart. And they basically did their own evangelistic outreach just demonstrating the kingdom, you know, signs, wonders, miracles, that sort of thing. So they prayed for people and they got healed and they prophesied over people in uh, Central Park and led people to the Lord and just did the stuff. If you've been following our blog, we posted a link 
to Danny Elf's blog called Cultivate Boldness. If you have time this week, I would really encourage you to go check it out. Read some of the stories, watch their videos. It's amazing. I, that actually sums up Danielle brilliantly. She felt like God said, go to New York, and then she put action to it. Yeah. And the cool thing about the team that went is some of them are extroverts and some of them are total introverts, but they all did it. And Danielle leading it, you know, when we first met her, she was super shy and wouldn't say boo to a goose. And um, you don't find a lot of people to say boo to gooses. I actually think it's illegal. To say boo to a goose? Yeah, you yeah. can give them You're not failure. allowed to scare gooses. They're not very nice either, especially Canadian geese, I have to say. Vicious. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was super, super quiet when she came on the school. And uh, and then the Lord just did something in, in her. And, you know, she leads our Friday Night Lights outreaches from the church. And she, this is a lifestyle thing for her, but she is just stinking amazing. Well done, Danielle. We're very proud of you. We're so proud of you. We'll put her links in the show notes. So if you're interested, uh, go check them out. We have some readers' questions, but I don't actually have time to answer them this week because we've got such a fascinating topic for discussion that I want to kick off by talking about our staff meeting this week at, at church. Yes. So we had a conference um, Mark and Laura were in, and... On Wednesday morning, we met as a staff. No, Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, we all met as a staff, just talking about what God had done, what God was doing, what we feel the Holy Spirit was up to. And AJ was sharing a testimony. Well, I was sharing about um, on Sunday night, I'd had um, dinner with Mark and Kim and um, just was catching up with them. And they were talking about this church in San Diego um, that, makes a book every two years about um, the miracles they've seen. So whatever documented miracles they have, they put all the documentation and whatever in this little book that they make every two years. And their congregation buys the book for a dollar um, from the church and then uses that to hand out like in their neighborhoods or when they come across people that are having a bad day or don't realize that God is real or whatever, they can give them this as like, hey, look, God's still moving. God's still doing stuff. So I was telling um, the staff that about, you know, that Mark would have been sharing about that. And then... So you may not believe what I'm going to say because we've shared this with a bunch of people and we end up with blank faces. But um, no sooner had AJ talked about the booklets that Mark's church was doing than my phone, which was on vibrate, so it was on silence mode, with the ringer way down, on the table in front of me, um, a noise came out of my phone. It sounded like a little trumpet, an 8-bit trumpet. And then a man's voice audibly said, very, very clearly to the whole room, it is God's plan to bring transformation to your city. And we all freaked out. Now, here's the thing. I know how to use my phone. My phone was, um, when that noise happened and when that man spoke, my screen did not light up. When I unlocked my phone, I checked my missed notifications. There was no app that had sent that notification. When I double tapped to see what apps were open, there was no apps that would, um, you know, make a noise like that. Everybody was kind of stunned. Also, when it made that noise, my screen didn't light up. Did I already say that? I can't I remember. I've told the story so many times. <laughs> but we all freaked out. And here's the thing: if it was anybody else's phone, I think I would have just dismissed it as ah, it was a buffering YouTube video or. Right. You maybe had a Bible app of the day and, you know, it was a who knows what. Right. But because it was my phone and I know my phone, um, 
it was just staggering for all of us. And, you know, Jeff made a great point. In the Old Testament, the Lord spoke to Balaam through his donkey. And I can imagine him going back to the camp and going, guys, you'll never guess what just happened. You know, God spoke to me through a donkey. And people would just be like, aha, aha. But God spoke to us through an iPhone in the meeting. There was, I don't know how many people are on staff, 25, 30 people in the room who all heard it. We all kind of freaked out a little bit. Yeah, but not freaked out in a good way. But yeah, freaked out in awe. Wow. The content and the timing of it was just absolutely astonishing. And the fact that nobody was near the phone. Anyway, it was, uh, it was like the cherry on the top of a weekend full of God speaking to our church. So I thought this week I wanted to talk about um, preparing for revival because we have a stack of prophetic words at Grace Inno from years and years and years, from you know the who's who of the prophetic world, giving us prophetic words over our region, over our city, and over our church about a coming move of God. We feel like we're called to help host a move of God. And given that we've both lived in a revival culture, and you've been there from the start, I joined 10 years later, we have some experience of the kind of cultural shifts it takes that happen when, when God shows up. And I wanted you to, um, I want you to tell some stories because I've noticed that as we've traveled, most people want revival, but they don't realize that they want it on their own terms. And when God does show up, it's usually not in the way that we were anticipating. And I know that was the case for you. So talk to me. Well, for people who are not familiar, in January of 1994, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit visited the uh, church we used to be a part of in Toronto, and basically did a worldwide revival out of that church. And it was a little church of maybe 250 people. Yep. The Holy Spirit showed up, decimated the place. Yep, In the best possible way. And you would think, oh, that sounds amazing. But talk to me, AJ, tell us about what your first experience was like when the Holy Spirit showed up. Well, I was away when it started because I was uh, on my outreach phase of being with YWAM. So I think I got back like a week later or something. And I, I was really unhappy. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't Why? happy. <laughs> well, because, um, it just looked crazy to me. I, I, I guess I never thought about what would revival look like. And I certainly didn't think it would look like this. And so, you know, there's just people laughing everywhere and, you know, you'd look through the room and you'd see some people sitting in their seats and then other times you just see feet in the air and, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't what I thought church was supposed to look like. And right. I, because I didn't understand it, I became offended. Okay. I remember you telling me once, you know, when it first happened, you were like, oh God, this means I need to find a new church. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> I, I was mourning, literally mourning. I mean, my heart was so sad thinking, wow, they've all lost it and I have to find a new church. And I'm so desperately sad about this. So what changed your mind from wanting to leave a church being freaked out about what God was doing to obviously staying and then traveling on behalf of and in your own part representing that move all over the world? Well, um, the the night that my YWAM team came to do Toymaker and Son, it was shortly after the revival had started. And What is Toymaker and Son? Toymaker and Son is an evangelistic outreach play that okay. YWAM teams do. So... Um, our team had it had already been arranged that my our team was going to come to our church and well like weeks before or something months before yeah <laughs> so it's kind of like surprise you're mm. going to do a play but revival's here 
Yeah. And so, you know, I had heard things were going crazy at church. And so I kind of tried to warn them on the bus, but I was a little concerned. Like, I'm like, oh, I hear there's like lots of laughing could be kind of odd, you know. And um, so we get there and we do, you know, Toymaker and Son. And sure enough, there's, you know, there's definitely people that are paying attention, but there was definitely people that were just away with God somewhere. But at the time, I wouldn't have said it was away with God. I would have just said, this is craziness. Because they were doing what? Help us understand. Oh, laughing, falling out of their chairs, rolling around on the floor. <laughs> like, uh, you're just like, wow, I'm giving this my guts. You know, I'm giving my guts into this play and you're laughing and rolling around on the floor. I don't know how to process this. And anyway, so um, we finished the play and um, they had all the, all of us sit across the back of the stage and Brian West got up. He was hosting the meeting and he just said, hey, should we pray for them? And everybody's like, yeah, you know, and I'm thinking, oh no, this is going to be so bad. And I'm wondering who they're going to pick. Filled with faith. I know, right? And I'm wondering who they're going to pick. And I ho- the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, that's when I started thinking, I have to find a new church. I can't even believe this. I love this place. And, but they've gone crazy in the five months that I went to YWAM, you know? And, um, so I'm sitting there mourning when Brian says, let's have the the person who plays Satan come up here. Well, that was me. <laughs> and so I went up and, and he said, can we pray for you? And I said, um, yeah, sure you can. I said, it's me, Brian. It's AJ. And he's like, oh, hi, AJ. And he's like, can we pray for you? And I said, sure, but I'm not going to fall over. And he goes, I don't care if you fall over, which is true. He didn't, but I didn't believe him. So I said, yeah, sure you don't. Because you thought the point of this was that people would fall over. Yeah, and then everybody would laugh. It's amazing how many people thought that was the sum total of, of revival. <laughs> That's the goal. Just get the people on the floor. <laughs> um, so, which actually would explain a lot of other things, but anyway... <laughs> <clears throat> moving right along. So, um, yeah. So we, they prayed for me and, you know, I don't even know if Brian touched me, but, uh, I hit the floor. Right. And then I stood right back up, looked at him and said, um, you push me. And he goes, no, I didn't. And I was like, yes, you did. You push me. And I looked at John and Carol and they're like, no, going, no, you know, and he said, you know, you are you look a little distressed. Do you, can I just pray for you again? I said, sure you can, but step back. So he stepped back like a meter. <laughs> and he just stretched his hand towards me, didn't touch me at all, and boom, I hit the floor again. Well, this time I tried to get back up, but my legs wouldn't work. So my legs were like stuck to the floor. So I sat back up and I said, you pushed me. And of course, the, the whole crowd is like, nobody touched you, you know, whatever. And um, I'm like, somebody pushed me. And he prayed for me again, and I've fell over. And this time I got stuck to the floor. Like all I could move was my eyeballs. I couldn't move anything. What do you mean? So I mean, your whole body It was is- like I was Velcroed to the floor. Like I was, I don't know, paralyzed or something, stuck to the floor. I couldn't move anything except I could look around with my eyes. Now the most obvious question to ask at this point is, why would God stick anyone to the floor? <laughs> right. <laughs> why would he? <laughs> so... I'm lying there on the floor and I'm bawling. I mean, I just start bawling. I mean, I'm grieving for this church I've got to leave. I'm grieving, you know, that I'm going to not be in the same church as John and Carol anymore because they were such healing people for me. And I was just like, Lord, this is horrible. Welcome to a move of God, people. Right. And um, 
yeah. So anyway, I just said at one point after I'd cried and lamented, I said, you know, Lord, I just need to know if this is you. And the only thing the Lord said to me is, well, have you stuck yourself to the floor? And I was like, uh, no. The Lord and his questions. And I just started crying again, like, <laughs> you know. And a few minutes later, um, Carol got up out of her seat, even though like the meeting, the service was still going on and somebody was speaking and whatever, but Carol got up out of her seat and uh, she came over and she just got really close to my face and she said, AJ, I hear the Lord saying, you need to choose who's going to be in control of your life, you or God. And then she went and sat back down in her seat. And I realized that's what this is. There's a struggle for control over my life, you know, and I want to win. It's odd that God wants to be in control. He's almost like he thinks he's God. You know? So um, I'd love to say at that very instant, I made a decision to give God control, but I had so many questions, concerns. I still had serious trust issues, you know, even the, even with God, that God was working through in my life. And so I would say it was probably another two hours before I finally, and I was stuck the whole time. Like, you know, if somebody had fallen over on me, I would have been toast because I could not move. Um, I remember when Heidi came to our church, she was stuck to the floor for seven days and seven nights. Yeah, we had to peel her off the floor <laughs> into a wheelchair. <laughs> there was somebody assigned to help her with everything. But again, you would ask, you know, why would why would God do that? Maybe we can do a whole uh, episode on manifestations. But as you were speaking, I was thinking about Ephesians 3.20 where Paul writes, you know, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. It's surprising to me that people think that God's going to operate within their confines of their imagination when he explicitly says in Scripture he's going to do more than they can imagine. So and my favorite quote, I think, of the whole this whole topic is when John Arnott, you know, in the first couple of weeks just said, God, I don't understand why you like people falling over. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. And the Lord said to him, John, you don't understand women. What makes you think you'll understand me? <laughs> Touche, Lord. <laughs> and the requirement for humility and childlikeness is, I think, probably the most important thing in navigating through when God shows up. Because otherwise, you can think you know what you're doing and time and time again miss God. Remember when we were in Iceland? And, you know... I remember I was speaking, and there's a guy behind me just shouting the same thing over and over again. And Something in Icelandic, of course. We don't know what yeah. he's saying. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what he was saying, but he was for very me, loud. <laughs> he was a total distraction because I could see the whole crowd were looking at him and not listening to me. And I had a great sermon, and my nose is all out of joint, and why isn't he honoring the Word of God? And, you know, it actually has nothing to do with that. I'm just frustrated, but, you know, we love to spiritualize things when we're upset. So Alan's signaling me to try and get me to go and, like, quiet yeah, the I'm guy like, down. Shut him and- up. And, Shut him up. and I feel like the Lord's saying, don't touch it. Like just this. You're so spiritual. <laughs> and so afterwards we find out what he's saying in, in Icelandic. He's saying, it is so great. It feels amazing. It feels amazing. Come to realize the whole time that I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit has been touching him and he's being transformed. He's somebody who just struggled with suicide and with um, depression, depression and mental health issues. And God is touching him and meeting him there. The very reason we want people at meetings is to encounter God. 
And we actually get upset with him when he does it because it, it's contrary to the way we want to do our meeting. And do you remember a few months later, we came, we went back over to do a leader school of ministry there. That's and right. he was on the leader school. And he looked so different that we actually didn't recognize him. Like we argued with our friends that we had never met him before. And then they were like, yes, you have. You prayed for him. And we're like, no, we've never seen this man before. And they were like, he's the guy that was lying on this. I mean, he looked night and day different. I just, I think probably one of my favorite stories about what happened that night. So if you rewind the clock, it's it's January 20th, 1994. And the Holy Spirit has hit the this little church at the end of a runway. Next to the main auditorium where the Holy Spirit is breaking out is a little Bible study that Mary Audrey Raycroft, Raycroft one of our pastors, is running. And she hears all this commotion. And so she opens the doors to see what's happening and she cannot see anybody. And her first thought is, where are all the people? And then as she continues to hear the laughter, she realizes all of the people, this whole room full of people, are on the floor. And she says she was about to say something akin to, "What? what is this? This can't be God. Like, why these... She was about to not curse it in, with a capital C, but, you know... Criticize it. Criticize it. And the Lord struck her dumb. And she later commented that that was the kindness of God, that in his mercy he shut her mouth before he before she could criticize what he was doing. Yeah. And I, you know, I just love that. I love that, you know, nature of God. And it's it's something that I think we all have to be careful of because revival is messy. It's, oh, yeah. It's really, really messy. For What's sure. that verse in, in Proverbs um, uh, about the oxen? Proverbs 14 verse 4, where there are no oxen, the manger is empty, but from the strength of an ox come abundant harvests. So you can actually either have neat and tidy mangers where everything's clean and there's no mess, or you can have abundant harvests. But with abundant harvest... Doesn't seem you can have both. Yeah, comes the mess. (laughs) And so I think, I remember we were in New Zealand ministering and... uh, I got up to speak and I was so drunk in the Holy Spirit that I didn't know what to do. And, you know, that's when the Holy Spirit said, you know, Alan, everybody wants revival, but, you know, they question it when it shows up. Because, of course, it didn't it didn't look great. I'm staggering around the front. I can't stand up straight. But I think I remember calling out some words of knowledge and some people got healed and, you know, and then we transitioned into a time of ministry and, uh some people left and afterwards I was speaking to the senior pastor and I think it was the associate pastor that had walked out of the meeting furious and I said well I'm, I'm so sorry I, I don't know what I did to upset him I'd be happy to apologize and meet with him and he said well he's upset because in scripture it says that signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word mm-hmm. and I was like and he's upset because we did signs and wonders before the preaching of the word and it's amazing how all of us, myself included, can just get our knickers in a twist. Have our about, little things we get offended Yeah, by. our ducks in a row get moved around because God's God and, you know, he loves to move. Somebody touched my ducks. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just thinking about, you know, the the word that we got, like over my phone, and, you know, plus the plethora of words that we've got um, over Nashville and over Gray Center. And just thinking about, you know, what does it look like for us to prepare for a move of God? What does it look like for us to prepare for revival? And I I think it's probably just a reminder that we need to stay humble and childlike and realize that he's God and we're not. Yeah, I think that was the 
the thing to go back to my being stuck to the floor, um, you know, before I got unstuck, the thing that the Lord was really clear with me about is, A, I wasn't supposed to leave the church. I was supposed to stay and B, to be careful not to judge that there would be stuff that I didn't understand because that's what, what my main difficulty right. was. I mean, I just didn't understand why God was choosing to do the things he was choosing to do in different people. And, you know, some of it looked really crazy. And uh, he just said, don't judge it. Just, you know, just don't judge it. And um, when I finally sort of got to the place of, okay, Lord, you know, I'm, I choose you to be in control and I'll stay here and I need your help in choosing not to judge, you know, then I was instantly released from the floor. Like I could move everything again and it wasn't like a slow process, but I mean, it, it, I was probably stuck to it for two and a half or three hours before I finally made that decision. But I, I think that's it. I mean, we, we think we understand God and that's silly in itself, you know, to think that we could comprehend somebody so large and wonderful and, understand how he's going to do things. I think really we want to be able to keep in that childlike place so that, you know, we can receive him how he comes and yeah. and get the blessing of that rather than trying to figure him out. I think the tragedy would be that we'd spend years praying for the Lord to show up and then when he did, not want it. Yeah. Which sounds crazy, but... You remember in, in in the Gospels, Jesus heals the demoniac. Remember he casts out the demons and yep. he goes into the pigs of 500 people. It yep. says in one of the Gospels that when the village people came and they saw the demoniac yeah, sitting in, the right, in his mm-hmm. right mind, they begged Jesus to leave the region. And, you know, we've got contemporary stories of that. We have a friend who has a very large church that when the Holy Spirit hit the church, a prominent businessman met him and tried to bribe him with hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash to say, Literally, make this go in away. in a brown paper bag. Make this go away. And, and our friend who's a pastor is like, but this is God. And he's like, yeah, I know, but let God mess up somebody else's church. So, you know, even in hearing a story like that, you can be horrified, but you got to be careful not to judge because, Lord, I don't want to miss you when you show up. I, you know, I want to be there cheering, and I realize that probably my schedule has to change. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, well, that's that for this week. Plenty to think about. Um, if you uh, visit their blog, if you have subscribed to our podcast and you're listening to this in iTunes, if you subscribe to our podcast before last week, wondering if you could do us a favor, uh, there's some instructions on our website at alanaj.com. But basically, it would really help us if you would unsubscribe from our podcast. I know that sounds crazy and then resubscribe to that podcast. It just means this is a one-time thing that you have to do because of a mistake that I made. Uh, but by refreshing the feed, it just ensures that you get the most up-to-date feed, and it will just help us with all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Hope you have an incredible week, and we yes. will see you next week. Next well, week. we won't see you, but we will be there. We'll be in your ears. Yes, right there's there. A, there's a creepy thought. In your ears. <laughs> all right. See ya. Bye.